Hello again and welcome to Buddha's teaching. My name is Soti. Today we're gonna talk about that very important subject that we are pursuing, right? Happiness. But in order to achieve to to have happiness we have to get rid of suffering, right? So today we're gonna talk about the third noble truth. Set the cessation of suffering, or we can also call it nirvana. But that's a big word, and there's many there are many definitions to it that um, a lot of people give it different meaning many meanings to it so cessation of suffering or nirvana okay it's it has its level it's not um, anything that is uh, uh, a one level we can also we can also sort of say that um, it can be a level of the material world which is the end of suffering in this uh, physical world and also the ultimate uh, suffering and the ultimate ending of all suffering which is nirvana although they are connected but we can sort of like a, you know uh, separate them into two uh, different area that we can talk about so Okay, cessation of suffering. As we all know and we have uh, studied so far, the root of our suffering is our desires, right? When we suffer um, because we don't get what we want, and we also suffer when we get something or something happen to us that we not expected that we don't want right so we we suffer and and that's just a general description of of all of of all the suffering because everything it boils down to to these two um, categories here you know and that includes the the, the body and the mind just like uh, I have covered already and if you have not if you did not get to listen to uh, the previous episode I would encourage you to uh, go to the beginning and listen because the way that I have structured the, the talk is sort of like a, it's like a step-by-step way so that when I come to this stage I can refer to previous episode, you know, without having to uh, go over it again um, too much in details. So, so desire, right? Desires is the source of our suffering. Uh, and also we will talk about, so how does our desire come to be? Right? What is the origin of our desire? What is it that uh, makes us desire and how, how desire 
uh, come into being. And we know so far now, we know that it has to do with the mind that we have, right? The desire comes from the mind because the mind, our mind, produces this desire. And the mind here that we're talking about is the uh, physical mind, the, f the surface level mind, which we call the ego mind, right? So I'm going to go over this again a little bit one more time because it's such an important uh, concept. So the ego mind, the ego mind comes from our memories, right? Um, and the memories that we have accumulated, that we, all the experiences that we have, okay, since, since birth, we start accumulating all sorts of memory and we store that memory, those experiences, in our bodies, right? A lot of it in the brain, but it's not just the brain, it's everything else. The whole body receives the experience and the whole body remembers. Okay, so memory is memory is everywhere it's not just in the brain so with this memory we we go about interact with with the world okay so just picture you walking down the street or even sitting or even sitting down some uh, you know doing nothing there are constant interaction between our bodies and the world around us, right? But we just take it for granted because things are, in, the information is changing back and forth between the outside world and our inner body without us knowing it. But the body is doing this, right? For example, if, if we sit in a place, okay, and let's say nothing happened, we don't feel nothing, right? All of a sudden, if there's a temperature change a little bit, okay, there's a, there's a cold feeling from somewhere, we know right away, right? Oh, there's a cold draft from, from, from somewhere. See, before that, we thought that there's nothing happened, right? But actually, there is thing that's happening without us knowing. It's be our skin is receiving the temperature constantly, right? And it goes against uh, the skin memory. And the skin said, okay, everything, stay, everything is normal, 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 right? right? See, it's a constant inter interpretation of the whole environment. Everything is normal, normal, and then all of a sudden something changed, a cold, a, a, a cold wind or uh, something hot or something type of thing, you know right away, because thing has changed. See, and how so? How do we know that? It's memories. Without memory, we wouldn't know the difference, right? So memories is what make us who we are. So. 
when you think about this so memory is and memory is not just on the in you know on our body the whole body is also stored in the brain you know the memories from uh, from the vision the different vision that we've seen you know whatever we've seen we we've seen and the information right now when when, when your eyes are open you constantly receiving data from whatever that is in front of you yes right because i mean yes you you can agree to, agree to to it right but you, you we take it for granted because there's nothing changed when something's changed we know right away how it's because of memory memory is constantly comparing things from the outside world with the inside memory the last memory that is stored and then spit and and it keep keep receiving and the inside keep interpreting keep translating all of this information right so another word if you can just imagine this every single day we are bombarded bombarded with tremendous amount of information right because we have what we have five senses right information come through the eye come through the ear come through the nose come through the tongue come through the touch and the and also the mind has its own stuff that it's doing so constantly we are being bombarded with all of this information and the inner the inner processor is translating this information automatically without us knowing it right and it's it's doing the judgment it's doing the judging okay this this is the same this is different this is the same this is different this is the same this is different right it it process is at such a fast speed we take it for granted it's it's, it's such a smooth flow of 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 uh, processing inside we're not aware of it see that's the thing so that that's how the mind works right and because of that because of this memory if it is just that and that is very useful for us you know to 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 survive we need this capacity the the capability to dissect all this information in order to survive okay but human intellect is not just that human also has this longing that you know if there's something that is that you that we feel nice or we go to the eyes or or what not there is this desire this desire to to uh, to to uh, to to want more to have more that's 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 where the, that's where a problem is and this desire come as quickly as the information is processed right this is so when this so that's how desire arise for example we we um, you know we, we walk up we walk up 
um, along the market, and then you, you see good food, right? Automatically, the the desire come, right? Even though sometimes, even though let's say you're full, but desire come arise right away by from from what we see or from what we smell. Our desire come up and say, "Oh, you know, yep, I want that food, right? I want that piece of uh, whatever, you know, uh, dish. What would that dish smell so good? No? See, desire come automatically because just like I said before, desire is a built-in feature that uh, we all human have." It's 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 not just an instinct. It's 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 something that we want, that we we keep wanting more. So when this desire arises, so when we hear things, let's you know, whatever we hear, you know whatever sound sound of of music, sound of uh, whatever you you can sound of a human, sound of a vehicle or engine or whatever, right? The same thing. Um, or the touch, the touch of whatever you touch, something that you like or you don't like, because desire comes into the same thing. It comes into a two type, you know, like and not like. Both are desire. Desire, the desire not to and desire to have. They both are desire. So, with the five senses that we have, we have desire that, that come up, you know, one thing right after another. Either come, or sometimes it's a combination of the, of especially the eye, is, is, a, is the biggest culprit of all. And after that is the ear, the sound. They are the, 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 the two busiest um, doors of our senses that interact. But, and then after that is the nose and the tongue, which is uh, has the taste bud, and and of course our physical, our body, the touch. Right. So all of this information come in, and desire arise all the time, and the thought process keep going. Right. So this machine, this the processing of our thought is going nonstop. Right. So. Our brain is always at work. The memory is always at work against this information and create this emotion, create this desire. Right? And so this is what the thought keeps when the cut the thought keeps going because of all the information that we receive from everything around us, desire constantly come up, and one desire after another. Okay, so we have to learn how to observe this desire. Desire arise, and then after a while, it pass away, right? Desire arise, and sometimes we meet those desires, and if we don't meet the desires, it depends on pe person. How strong of a desire that is, that you know that is. How does a person react to the desire? Right. So now, here's the important part. 
So when desire arise, the the things that the two things that people do, right? Whether they make they they try to make the desire happen, or sometimes they just it's just a little small desire. They just let it go. All right, uh, that's okay, and then desire pass away. But if the desire is strong enough. There's two things that come from that desire. Either come out as speech, or come out as action. Okay, when the desire is strong enough, the desire will come out as a form, as in the form of speech, or in the form of action. You're gonna do something to get. What you want, or you're gonna say something, or we're gonna say something to express our desire. Okay, and that to express our desire meaning it doesn't mean that we always um, something pleasant. To express our desire of unpleasantness, also, for example, we hear something that we don't like, right? So when we hear something that we don't like, we there is this reaction, right? It compares, say, and the the e the the mind say that sound makes you makes you feel small. Okay, let's just say that. So that sound, whatever words it is, that sound makes we feel small. Okay, so when the ego mind say hey, that that sound, say that you are less good than the other person or or whatever, it makes the ego eye, the thinking mind feel inferior. Okay, when when the ego mind feel inferior, it reacts. It's like an instinct. It's like a natural instinct to defend itself. Okay, so the ego mind reacts, and it reacts in two ways: through speech or through physical action, or both. Sometimes there's it's both. So that's how our anger arises. Okay, so when anger arises, because the mind make the decision. When 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 you hear sound, if you only hear sound and you don't react to it, but most people don't do that. When we hear sound, we hear words or whatever. People react, and that reaction come from the ego mind. The ego mind do the comparison to the the words uh, to make the makes. Make sense of the word. Okay, what is the definition of that word? That word means, you know, means something to the physical body or to the to the understanding of the mind itself, right? So if the word is condescending toward the body, the the mind say, oh, somebody is, uh, you know, saying something not pleasant to the body. So it reacts, 
to try to protect the body. Hey, why you you know why you call me ugly? Hey, why you call me dog? Right? For example, or the mind defend itself when somebody when somebody call call us a stupid idiot. Let's say the mind react. Oh, I'm not a stupid idiot, right? The mind react to defend itself. Okay, so how how does the mind react? The mind reacts through either speech or physical action or both. This is how the mind works, right? So just think about that. And it's five senses plus the mind, six senses, because sometimes we don't use the five senses, but the mind itself has its own source of creativity. To come up with all kinds of all sorts of stuff. So with that, we see how the mind come up, and this is what suffering is, right? The reaction. Okay. So in order to reach to the the end of suffering, we have to understand. About this mind, how how it operates, you know, against the outside world. Okay, because now, when desire arise, the mind, right? The mind will do two things. The mind will either express itself, the ego mind. Okay. Will express itself through speech or through physical action, right? This reaction back, whether through speech or through physical action, that is called karma. Okay, that's what karma is. Karma is Action. Okay, so this is how karma arise. So karma can be good or bad, right? So when when you do things or you say things or good things, that's a good, that's a karma that produces good things based on. The information that we receive, you know, we say nice thing, or we say, uh, you know, praise or whatever to to other people or whatnot. But that's all. That is karma. So karma can be, you know, good karma or bad karma. But they both karma, right? Uh, karma is based on this reaction from the mind. Okay, so as long as we have this process going, when there is karma, right? It's the, the so karma is the reaction of the of the mind, okay, of this physical mind. You fo- I hope you follow me so far. The physical mind meaning the mind that is based on the memories that we collect. That we accumulate over 
a lifetime. That's the physical mind, okay, which is called ego mind. So the karma arise from this physical mind. As long as we have this karma going, this reaction going, there's always gonna be continuation of this what we call samsara. That's what it is. Okay. You go, we go through life. Okay. We have fun. We enjoy company. We cry. We lose somebody, we love someone, we hate someone, we resent uh, somebody, we envy somebody, we don't agree with a certain situation. All of this, these are the product of our mind, right? Our ego mind and all of that create action in us that happens automatically right whether an action of being upset within ourselves which is the sixth sense or action you know through our speech or mind So, I hope you understand this important, this important part. Once we understand this, so let me sidestep a little bit. So for enlightened beings, enlightened people, or like the Buddha, who have reached Nirvana, which has no more ego. They are egoless people, right? The, what it means is they, even though they still, um, after they attain enlightenment, they don't produce karma anymore, okay? For all enlightened beings, such as Buddha and, and all of his enlightened disciples. The mind, they, they're not, the, the ego mind or the physical mind is no longer in control because they understand how the mind works. Okay, so whatever information comes in, it just comes in. For enlightened being, they don't react. Okay, that's that's where the important point is. Enlightened being, Buddha, enlightened monks, they go through life just like us. They have a physical body, right? But they don't react. They don't react to all of this information. It doesn't mean that they have no feeling. They do have feeling, 
but the, they don't react because a reaction is a, is the work of the ego mind that without us if we are not conscious about our own mind our own mind will drive us crazy unconsciously okay but for enlightened being they are on the other side the the mind they know that the mind is important to you know to uh to as a tool for survive on to survive on this planet but when the mind try to get them in, into um, you know uh, emotional roller coaster or anything it doesn't happen to them right the mind they sort of like they they, they, they have an understanding they have a break when the information come in it just come in but they don't react see there's a break that that's called liberation they have this deep understanding of how the mind works they don't go along blind blind fully uh, with with the mind they don't go along they don't have this up and down emotion that the mind can 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 produce they don't have that once that doesn't happen they don't create karma anymore they do respond. See, that's a different from reaction to responding. When they see something or they hear something, smell or taste or whatever, they still receive all those information through the sense doors. But the mind inside now understands the outside information come in. The inside mind, now this is the inner mind, right? The inner mind understand that the outside mind is always coming, always bombarded the inside with all this information. But for enlightened being, the inner mind is sort of like broken away from this outer mind, from this physical mind. That's, that's, that's why you hear some of the sutra that say the mind of enlightened being are just calm as a, as a water on a, on a lake at night, right? Calm, there's no, no ripple, no wave, no nothing. The, thus come the word peace or mind, right? The mind inside is not affected by the ego mind which is the information coming from outside another word there is no more emotion there is no more anger hatred or also included happiness you know sadness um, you know glee you know uh, all that stuff they don't have that the mind at peace don't go crazy with, with, with the outside world. 
when information come in the peaceful mind of enlightened being they receive the information and they look at it as it is now the inner mind has this intelligence that rise above the outside mind that rise about the outside mind and they can assess situation as it comes in one of the zen pro proverbs say before enlightenment chop wood carry water right after enlightenment chop wood carry water see it look the person looks the same from outside before enlightenment he chop wood and carry water after he reach enlightenment he still chop wood and carry water okay if you look from outside it looks the same the person because the body needs food needs to do stuff and all that stuff but what's changed is inside see what's changed is inside the inside of an enlightened person is no longer going along this up and down roller coaster of all this commotion you know that the outside world is uh, making the, the rain and the storm right now the inside mind is sheltered it's very well protected because they understand the for the enlightened people they understand that oh my inner peace don't have to go along with the outside don't have to go along with this desire right because desire we know that desire create suffering this is how we come to the end of suffering okay we come to the end of suffering by understanding how the mind works so for example one of the most difficult things that even buddha acknowledged that this is that's why he had this vinaya for the monks not to touch um uh, the the opposite sex you know no touching no looking not not even go you know close or anything like that because he understand this is one of the difficult desire that a person have to overcome because with this if we don't know and if we don't understand this we let that we let desire arise then suffering continue and when once once desire arise and arise and desire translate into karma right whether through speech or physical activity then there's karma when there's karma there is samsara okay and when there is samsara it's it's an endless loop that we keep going that we keep um, evolving and going around 
over and over again. Okay. So this is a very, very uh, important point that we have to truly understand about how the mind works. Okay, and uh, let's see. Uh, let's see what else here that I want to cover. I have a little note here because this is such an such an important subject that we have to get it, have to understand it clearly. Okay, so now we we understand, right, that. The cessation of suffering is this. It comes down to understanding how our desire um, arise. Okay, and from this, and it's we for for the Buddhist student, we have to sit down and 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 meditate on this ourselves to get this down path. Okay, you we have to realize this ourselves, not just through reading or just listening to me or listen to anything. All the the lesson or the teaching are pretty much similar to what I have described, but now it's up to you to take it upon yourself to analyze it to see it through if this is true or not right you you have to understand this and grasp this and get to understand this for yourself see how this mind works and how is this suffering come about and how you can eradicate the suffering by watching by watching the mind, which is our own mind. Okay. So, next time when you when when the emotion come up, when there's feeling come up, when there's whatever arise come up, we have to we have to be quick to catch that reaction that we have. See, most people during a, during the entire lifetime. They just go on on the, the the highway of life just by chatting, having conversation. It's uh, like a robot, right? For example, you talk, uh, you have conversation with friends, relatives, families, or whatnot. Whatever you say, right? Whatever you converse with others come from your memories, right? Everything is based on your memories. And that is what you call who you are, which is just the memories that you have accumulated, right? So when you conduct conversation, it's it's like a it's like an automatic thing, you know, it's you know, you bounce thing you bounce the words back and forth 
right? You bounce the words and the ideas that you come up by 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 digging the memory and interpret it and insert it and 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 insert information and and make suggestion and all that stuff is based on the memory of what we learn in school or what we learn from friends of what we learn from TV from social media from what we use that information to converse with others right so it's like an it's it's an interaction between two robots in a way that it's just reaction from from one reaction mind to another you say something the other the other say oh yeah that boom react back right because based on their based on their memory and and then when they react and then they say a certain thing boom 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 and then you say oh yeah and and then you react back automatically see that's that's for normal people normal people converse like that just oh yeah and then and then oh yeah oh how high and that is for normal people chit chatting and all that stuff it's it's like an automatic thing it's a reaction of the mind back and forth back and forth for enlightened being they don't do that that's why in like that's why the, the you know like the buddha said if there's nothing nice to say or anything you don't say most of the time they just they don't say at all they don't they only say things that is of benefit to others okay because when it comes to that point now that they understand how the mind works how suffering come about you know through desire and this desire create karma right and this desire creates suffering and they know that this desire come from this uh, physical physical um, mental activity and all that stuff they step back they say I, I don't I don't want to play this game anymore right so when they when they step back then they have this peace now they're in touch with the inner self okay the outer the outer self is no longer affect, affecting the inner self because the inner self is peaceful which is which is in every single one of us this inner self the peacefulness right is always inside But the problem that we have is we let the outside material affecting the inner peace. We keep chasing for happiness by trying to go out there accumulate things, and then we keep having we keep wanting more. The mind keeps saying, "Okay, oh, how about this? Oh, this one looks nice. Okay, let's go get that one too. Okay, let's." No, okay, let's go eat over here and let's go watch movie over there. Or let's let let's go out, right? Let's go on vacation. We are chasing happiness out there without understanding that the, the inner the inner peace, the inner you is already complete. See, we never look inside. We always look. For happiness, look for this, uh, whatever it is, out there. 
That's why it's so important for enlightened beings. They see the peace inside. They say, "Oh, this is what I've been looking for. It's right here." I've been a, such a foolish person. I've been running around chasing happiness from outside. But actually, that bring us that actually those happiness outside bring me suffering instead. While all the while, the inner peace is all already here. If if you can get to that point, you know, recognizing that the material stuff out there is just something extra out there, you know, whether you have it or you don't, it doesn't bother you because you already have it inside. You already, you already enough. See, you already full and complete. The inner nature. Who we are is already complete without the outside world. See, the inner mind is already at peace. We just never bother to look at it. That's the thing. So once we look inward, we find peace. That's what it means. When once we look inward, we find peace. This is where joy and contentment is. So when when we get to that stage, we don't react to situation, to to words, or to vision, to whatever anymore. We only act according to what is needed. We respond to situation without having this attachment. We no longer attach to what we say or what we do. For enlightened being, they talk or they do according to what is needed, and for the well, be for the wellness of others, because they come to an understanding. That this so-called I, there's no such a thing as a concrete I. Think about it. The physical body is nowhere to be called I. It's a combination, right? That's to the first episode. The physical body, we are not in control. Okay. Now the mind, the mind. It's just an accumulation of these all the experience that we have through our life, and the mind just process that and spit back and forth, and create all of this commotion. So and it's changing all the time, and we I, people identify themselves with this always changing phenomena. Isn't that crazy? People identify themselves with this always changing body, which they cannot put a hold on to. That one is my body. There's no such. You can't pinpoint it. 
you can point it down. People identify themselves with the mind that is just, just memory. Memory accumulated on this earth, right? And we people identify themselves with these two. And the memory and the information that come in and the reaction of the memory of the mind, of the physical mind, that's what people call themselves I. That's how crazy it is. See, for, that's why for the enlightened one, they step back and say, oh my goodness, no wonder there's no peace on earth because everybody is going the wrong direction. The inner, the inner self, the inner mind is already at peace, but nobody seems to bother looking at it. Right? This is a level of the cessation of suffering. This is one important level of the end of suffering. Now, once you get this, understand this down path, you sit through it, you meditate through on this one. After a while, you, another question arises. Okay? Another question arises. This inner peace, this inner self, this inner mind, who knows, who is aware, who is conscious of all these things going on in the world, this inner self, this inner me, not the outer me, not the outside mind, but the knower. Who is this knower? This question will come. This question will arise. This question will lead you to the next level of study. This, 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 is, this question here is the ultimate question that you, that at this stage, a, a, what we call an upper level enlightened being is now asking themselves. An awakened being now is asking, who am I then? If I'm not the body, if I'm not the physical mind, who is this? Who am I here? Who understand, who know this? This leads to the discovery, the next one that the Buddha found out on his enlightened night when he attained Nirvana. This is what the Buddha found out and he taught out what it, what he called as Padicca Samubhat or in English I saw they wrote as Padicca Samupati. It's called the Twelve Links of Interdependent or yeah, or inter interdependent origination. This is 
the greatest discoverer discovery of all time by the Buddha you see how deep you see how deep Buddhism is the Buddha is one amazing amazing person now at from this point the Buddha on the on the second shift of enlightenment night he discovered who we are really and he teach us through the lesson of 12 links of dependent origination see now we understand that Buddhism is a form of science but it's a science of the mind okay this is the high science of the mind of a formless energy it's not about it's not like a science in today's uh, society in the today's world today science is about material world right but Buddhism is the science of the mind but right now science is approaching is approaching what the Buddha has uh, discovered but you, although science will never reach what the, what the Buddha discovered science can get very close because everything comes down to energy okay so what the Buddha discovered the Buddha taught in the 12 links of interdependent origination Paticca Samupati this is the ultimate core of Buddha's teaching this is where everything is revealed of how samsara is how we come to be how we break away to the true 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 end of suffering true true nirvana the ultimate the ultimate peace okay so that is something that we can look forward to paticca samapati the 12 links of interdependent origination and I encourage you if you are interested you can read it up okay it's in the Abhidharma books okay until next time may you all be excited <laughs> and create some karma of reading and searching have a good day